The legal views and content expressed on the following program are provided solely for informational and entertainment purposes. They do not constitute or contain legal advice. How's it going, everybody? Welcome to the show. You are listening to the Break the Business Podcast. I'm Ryan Carella, and it is a pleasure to have you here this week. I'm joined by my co-host, Dave. How's it going, Dave? It is going great, Ryan. Good to be here with you, buddy. Excellent to be here. All right. I'm going to call you out a little bit here, Dave. Okay. Already? All right. Yes. That's that's fast. I I know. Like, I wanted to get into the rhythm of the show, and you you probably should have some time to sit down and collect yourself, but no, I kind of want to put you on blast right away. Let let them get our Twitter information or anything. Nope. Just keep on going. All right. Go ahead. What do you got? We'll get to that in a second. But first, during our episode last week, when we were talking about movies, uh, we were talking about the Oscars. We talked about Sylvester Stallone and him not getting the Oscar. I remember it well. Yeah. And we sort of went back into his old catalog and made fun of some of his old movies including the classic Over the Top. Yes, it is. The arm wrestling movie. We both made fun of how bad, how apocalyptically, wow, I just can't speak today, how apocalyptically bad this movie is. But good bad. It's it's great, insane fun. No, no, I see. You're walking it back. This is a bad, like, this is, it's Sylvester Stallone arm wrestling. Yes. All right. (laughs) It's a bad movie. Um, And... So this morning, before I started, before you came over to start recording, I'm watching Netflix with my fiance. We're watching House of Cards. House of Cards is finally here. I'm so happy. I still got to watch. I know. Get on it. And I probably shouldn't be admitting this on air because this is probably some like terms of service violation, but we totally share a Netflix account. Listen, everyone in the world does. All right. All right. Every, there's only one guy with Netflix. It was the first guy that signed up. And I think everyone realized, oh, shoot. John's got Netflix. Can I borrow that? Sure. Yeah. And then they borrow it. And then they borrow it. And so on and so forth in a giant pit. I don't know how that business model is succeeding. Oh, it's terrible. But anyway, because we share a Netflix, yeah. I can see the things that you stream. Yeah. And lo and behold, I'm about to start House of Cards because it has like the it has like the on Netflix, it has the list of like keep watching. It's yeah, like whatever watched, things yeah. you've seen recently, it'll uh-huh. say, Oh, keep watching this. And so there's house of cards, you know, ready to, you know, cause I think I saw episode one. And so we're starting episode two. So it's right there up front and what's next to it, but the Sylvester Stallone film over the top. Yes. Yeah. Why were you watching over the top? Because we talked about it so much. I'm like, you know what? I don't want to watch Over the Top again. We talked about how bad this movie was. But it's, it's Sylvester it's, Stallone arm wrestling. But it, it 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 is so bad that it's it's like good because it's crazy. It it, it is crazy. Did you feel you the have, least bit of shame? No, because it's great. A man drinks motor oil <laughs> and eats a cigar. It's the same man. And then of course, because it's this time, he has Alka Seltzer afterwards. Because, you know, motor oil and cigars. <laughs> that's really tough on the on the on the system. You know, when you're arm muscling and you drink some motor oil. No, wait, that's that's more like Dave's Metal Minute guy there. Wait, did, did, like, did you get through I, the whole movie? Yeah, I watched the whole movie. Getting to end. <laughs> yeah. There's some little bits I fast forward. I mean, Terry Funk's in it. If you remember him, the old wrestler. Um, he's Robert Loge's bodyguard. <laughs> who Sylvester Stallone throws through a door that disintegrates. I remember that. That balsa wood door. Yeah. Those are those '80s doors, yeah, like with the, the candy glass and like you know, it's like if you walk through it, it shatters. If you just like lightly touch it, anyway. 
No, yes, I, I I watched that movie, and if if Netflix had more Sylvester Stallone movies, I would watch more. They actually really don't have that many Sylvester Stallone movies. I feel like you're desecrating my Netflix queue. God forbid my fiance thinks that I'm watching these movies. Now you're watching Jessica Jones. It's a great. Oh no, you are on an island, sir. Jessica Jones is phenomenal. They might as well call it the Tortoise and the Tortoise. That's how slow it is. I know. Well, that's what you get when you when all the episodes are released at once. Netflix has more leeway to let an exposition develop over a bunch of different episodes and you know, but no, you're still Mr. Instant gratification. You want to be entertained right away. Give Jessica Jones a chance, Dave. I'm guarantee you, you let it get like six, seven episodes in. You're really going to like it. I hate that. Oh, it gets six, seven episodes. It really turns on in season three. Oh my God, dude. By the time it, in 10 years, bro, this is going to be awesome. No, it, there's a payoff. I, I, I just want to bring this up. We haven't talked about this. So, I said Netflix only has three Sylvester Stallone movies. Okay. One of which is Over the Top. You don't know the other two Sylvester Stallone movies are on Netflix. Can I guess? Sure. Okay, let me guess because they're going to be bad ones. Like they're not there's there's not going to be any Rockies on there. So I'm going to think like the the dumbest Sylvester Stallone movies I can think of. Copland. No. Oh, come on. I thought for sure. Um any of the Expendables. No. Oh shoot. Um, oh man, um, get Carter. Nope. Oh, I thought that would have been a good guess. Um, not like the first Rambo, but one of the later Rambos. Nope. No Rambos. Man, they really don't know their audience. All right. Give it. Uh, no, uh, uh, lock up, lock up. Nope. All right. What is it? Ants. Ant. Oh, of course. Yeah. Ants. Yeah. The, he was an ant. The an movie ants. that, you know, the rule of two, like with Bugs Life. There's ants. Yeah, with like, Jennifer Lopez and Woody Allen, if that, you remember. That was a stacked cast in that movie. Actually, who else was in there? Gene and, Hackman. Yeah, there's, there's a lot. Um, and Spy Kids Three, Game Over. <laughs> Man, I was trying to think of the most embarrassing Sly Stallone pictures I can think of, and clearly I was still aiming too high. I, I mean, I had no idea he was in that. I mean, it's Antonio Banderas and Carla Gugino. Carmen gets caught in a virtual reality game designed by the kid's new nemesis, the toy maker. And it's up to Junie to save her by beating the game. <laughs> Speak it. I like that character. I want him to read like every film synopsis that's ever been written. Um, anyway, so. Really? I mean, not right now, because right now we have some contact information. If you want to get in touch with the Break the Business podcast. And Groundhog us- Day. Sent to cover the annual ritual of Groundhog Punk's Tony Phil. If Sam Center TV weatherman mysteriously begins living the same day, you get it again. <laughs> that voice is so funny. Ferris convinces his entire school he's at death's door. Then hits the streets of Chicago with his girlfriend and best friend. Every day, if it. I mean, we know what you're doing there. You're doing the South Park rated PG-13 voice, but like even more smarmy. Jan Travolta and Olivia <laughs> Newton-John star in this hit musical comedy about a greaser and the good girl he falls for, much to his friend's chagrin. <laughs> wait, that's literally what this says. You greaser and wait. the good girl he falls for, much to his friend's chagrin. Wait a minute. you didn't add those four words at the end? Much to his friend's well, chagrin. I, I can't. Netflix has it on there. All right. 
<laughs> if you want to get in touch with the Break the Business podcast, help us move ourselves forward. Uh, you can find us at iTunes and also on our SoundCloud page. Uh, you can contact us by emailing us with show questions, proposed show topics. Just ask us or comment anything. Right. Break the business at gmail.com. You can follow me on Twitter at Ryan K A I R. Follow Dave. Can you give your Twitter in that voice? D K A Y E 1027. You know what the best thing about it is, is whenever you get to the end of whatever you're saying, like the voice just gets like Trails so, re- yeah, yeah. And just that's funny every well, time. Well, this is weird. Grease two, crap. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. There's a little slow burn there, but I'm glad you got it. <laughs> okay. Um, All right, that's enough of that. <laughs> you can rate and review us on iTunes and uh, like and follow us on SoundCloud. Oh, we got a lot of great music business stuff today, and then we're going to talk movies and stuff later. It's going to be a fun show. I'm excited for good this. Good stuff. Good stuff. Um, so first, oh God, I'm, uh, God, I don't know if this is going to work, but we we got some music law stories. We got some legal news here, so you know what that I means. You killed innocent people. The means to an end. You started a massacre. I caused the revolution. You betrayed the law. So what's our legal news, Ryan? <laughs> Why did we decide that was a good idea By to the use way, that for image? I, I, really, I didn't know you were going to press it, so I kind of stepped on the beginning there. So if you want to play it again for people to hear. All right, you want to set it up again? Ryan, we got some legal music. <laughs> Take three, Jenny. <laughs> One more time. We got some music law news for you. Why did you judge me? You killed innocent people. The means to an end. You started a massacre. I caused the revolution. You betrayed the law. Does uh, the imaging have to be that long? Can't we just use the piece at the end where they go, you betrayed the law, law? It's no, 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 no. Dread, it's by the not, way, everybody. No, no, no. It's not you betrayed the law, law. It's you betrayed the law. There we go. Well, can't that just be the imaging? Like, why do we have to do the whole sequence? Why did you judge me? You killed innocent people. The means to an end. You started a massacre. I caused the revolution. You betrayed the law. Hey, you know what? I kind of like the whole thing. By the way, I'd be happy if we just play that for an hour on constant eight-second loop and release that. As our podcast episode? Yes. yes. I'm, I am cool with that. I am good with that. <laughs> it may drive people insane, but I'm cool with it. If I could make an observation, I can't help but think that our Sylvester Stallone discussion from last episode has found a way to infiltrate pretty significantly the first 10 minutes of this podcast. Well, I mean, the man's a national treasure. <laughs> like, we have over-the-top talk, and then we introduce our music law segment with the bit from Judge Dredd, and wow. So, we're going to talk about music law through the perspective of streaming, streaming services. Streaming services have been in the news big time uh, the last uh, week, and... It's a lot of implications for indie artists, and so we wanted to kind of bring them up here. Um, we'll start with this from Hypebot. Uh, Spotify's recent announcement um, that the streaming service Spotify is going to, you know, has has moved to Google's cloud pat- platform, as many people know, and now there are rumors that Google might buy Spotify outright, um, and. Hmm. That's kind of crazy because that's a you know, that's a big company being bought by the biggest company. Yeah. Frankly, I mean, Googleify. What? It's going to be called Googify, isn't it? Googify, you think? Why can't yeah. it be Spottle? No, that's that, that that's dumb. Oh, but Googify is genius. Googify is great. Googify. <laughs> Spottle just sounds like spittle. Say Googify like uh, Christopher Walken. Googify. Thank you. Okay. Googify. Ryan. Googify. Wait. Google. 
Fi. I know I'm treating you like a piano wait, bar wait, here. Wait, wait, wait. Google Fi. <laughs> Google Fi. Can you say Google Fi like the movie review voice that you did? Google Fi. <laughs> okay, now you got me on board with it. Um, <laughs> why I think it's interesting is because I've found that there are a lot of things about the Spotify model that are pro- uh, problematic for indie artists. Yes. And perhaps, and you know, granted, this is wild speculation on my part. But it's possible that having somebody like Google acquire the platform and hopefully get 100% interest in it um, could be beneficial for indie artists. Um, there's a lot of ifs there, but I mean, there's been a lot of news in the past 12 months about just some record label funny business going on at Spotify. Uh, the first was a story that was published in The Verge um, about a year or so ago in which they leaked an actual contract between Spotify and Sony Music for Spotify to be able to use all the songs in the Sony Music catalog. Right. And as part of that deal, they basically worked out a deal where Sony Music could skim revenues off the top of all the Spotify money that came in before any other artists, including indie right. artists, got a share. And you were saying this is because Sony is a shareholder of ah, Spotify. Yes. You're, now, to the second part... Um, what the reason why things like this can happen, as you pointed out, is that all the major labels, Sony, Universal, they're all shareholders in Spotify, which, you know, as we lawyers like to say, is a conflict, conflict of, of interest. interest. They are sitting on both sides of the table. That's right. Uh, ostensibly, when a major record label is negotiating with Spotify, their job is to get the highest rates from Spotify possible, ostensibly because then the artists that they represent get paid more. Mm-hmm. But that's Spotify the label. But then on the other side of the table, you have Spotify the shareholder who has every incentive to keep as much money in Spotify as possible. Right. And so they win either, you know, if the rates are high, they win. If the rates are low, if the payouts to artists are low, they win. That's a problematic position for artists to be in, the ones that are signed to this label. And it hurts indie artists as a whole because if if the major labels have considerable influence over Spotify and these streaming services... They can do these little contractual tricks and skim revenues off the top Mm -hmm. and make sure that indie artists don't get the same amount of share. And you hear all these stories all the time, Dave, about these artists that will show their Spotify royalty statements. And it's like, my song got played 20 trillion times and I made $4. I mean, Hmm. it makes one wonder, is that part of the reason why you got $4 when your record was played 20 trillion times when... A lot of that money is flowing to the major labels before indie artists can even eat at the trough. Right. And so all of this makes me wonder if somebody like Google, who you know doesn't necessarily have the same kind of ties to these major labels, doesn't have the same kind of relationship there, if they buy Spotify outright and remove that conflict of interest, maybe they can set up something that's a little more fair between label artists and indie artists. And you already see this to some extent with YouTube. YouTube is as close to a level playing field as you'll see in the you know entertainment world. Like any You and me, we could set up a YouTube video right now, and there's right. plenty of indie artists and indie creators and all the different forms of media that are making a decent living with YouTube videos. And so if you have that same kind of egalitarian spirit um, that's you know permeating YouTube flow its way over to the streaming service, a uh, Googify as you yep. called it. You know that could be potentially good for indie artists. But granted, I'm speculating. It's entirely possible that you know Google could do the same kind of crap that Spotify has already been doing, and maybe it's not going to be any better. But I'm well, trying to be optimistic. It, you'd almost have to do a record search and see. Well, wait, who are the, uh, some of the shareholders of Google? If you see Sony, you'll be like, oh, damn it. No, son of a... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, here we go again. 
Yeah. Actually, along the same lines, uh, another story in the news was about what Samsung is not going. I guess there was some talk about Samsung acquiring Title, which is Jay Z's streaming yeah. service. And that, I guess, is has been famous for some mismanagement. They've had like some turnover and like officers and everything. Title's been a mess. And now, full disclosure, I'm really not up completely on what title. I, I know kind of what it was, but I didn't know all a lot of the controversies you were explaining. I guess we want to tell the listeners. Yeah, I mean, title's another one of these uh, streaming services that really got off on the wrong foot. With indie artists, you know, because it was what it was supposed to be like Jay Z. Oh, you know, I'm giving artists the power. Yes. It's like by artists for artists. You know, forget the companies, forget the middleman. It's all us here. And then, kind of like with Adam Levine and the contracts on the the, the shows Song and everything. Land, yeah, it's like I want to say one thing. I want to get the chance. Oh yeah, I want the money. Right. <laughs> um. You know. He, yeah. It, you 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 said it exactly right. He came out and said that this streaming service is going to give the artists the power, and he was sort of. You know, he was implying that the way Spotify's doing things, I guess, is not giving artists the power. So everybody's like, oh, Jay-Z's going to change the music industry. He's going to make things equal and fair for everyone. And then he does this press conference where he's like, look at, you know, I'm giving the artists the power. And all the people up on the stage are big time artists like Rihanna. And I think Jack White is up there. And it's like, okay, so when you mean give the artists the power, you mean give the artists and music's 1% the power. Mm -hmm. Who, by the way, you know, don't need, I mean... Granted, they love to have more power, but they're not hurting for power right now. Right. And they're doing okay. And I think, you know, I mean, and part of the problem is if you try to create a truly egalitarian streaming service, you know, the, what you run into is you're just not going to have, you know, you're not going to have a successful streaming service unless you get the big labels and all their catalog involved. And they're not going to want to be involved unless, you know, you give them special treatment. I think, do you want to know what the last uh, true egalitarian uh, streaming service was? This is going to be a joke. Should I get the uh, Should I get the drum beat ready? Well, this was Napster. <laughs> that's fair. And that's not even a joke. It's true. Yeah. It's when it was just um, sort of the Wild West out there and everyone just taking it. But if you think about it, it was all equal opportunity. Well, well you're saying that everybody, like, everybody was getting stolen from, all the artists were getting stolen from equally. I guess. Wait, that yeah, 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 that was a bad point. Never mind. <laughs> I just wanted to bring, but it, wow, I just realized some of our listeners probably have no idea what the word Napster is. That's true. That's sad. It is. It's sad for us. It means All we're right. old. All right, let's stop the show and hang ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, maybe what has to be done is you know the government has to step in, and you know, you hear about compulsory licensing, where for example, if I if you wanted to make a if you want to make an album of, of cover songs, which, by the way, mm -hmm. I would pay a tremendous amount of money, especially if you did a bunch of covers in that voice that you did at the beginning of the episode. Hmm. I mean, you, you'd make a fortune. But So if I, if I did that right now, could I start singing some lines? No, because no. that would be copyright infringement. But if you were just Damn. to make an album and sell it, you could do that by paying a compulsory government license fee to those songwriters, and you'd be within the law. And so maybe we could create some kind of compulsory licensing system for streaming, you know, fair rates for artists, mm -hmm. but just so that, and then if you pay those compulsory rates, you know, you can stream, you can, a streaming service can, you know, play any artist. And that way the labels can't come in with their leverage and, you know, say, we're not going to be in your service unless you're not going to have a service unless you give us special treatment. You know, I just found the way to, I realized the way to fix this. Yeah. All right. Ready? Buy a CD. Oh, my God. Here comes Grandpa Dave. What? Just buy the... Go to the, the damn record store. 
or music store or FYE, no, or Sam, no, or Tower, Best, no, no, Blockbuster, or, no, no, or Spec, spe- no, 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 spe- <laughs> spe- Virgin, no, no, um, <laughs> oh wow, they're really all gone. There's a um, lot, <laughs> yeah, it's a wasteland, it's like Eckerd's. So, you're, you're, yeah, anyway, yes, buy the physical copy, yes, and you'll support artists. That's- Back in my day, we had to, we bought whole albums with 12 songs and only three of the songs were good, but we paid for all 12 and we liked it. There's no bonus track. You put the track on or you don't put the track on. There's no bonus track. Is it good enough for the album? Yes. Then put it on. Is it not? No. Leave it on the cutting room floor. <laughs> also, you get the bigger blown, blown up picture of the art. That's why I think that's why vinyl's coming back, man. People appreciate having a physical copy. Not like this. Like, look, look what I'm holding. Ryan, do you see my hand? There's nothing in it. Or is there literally 50,000 albums in my hand? <laughs> it's either nothing or 50,000 albums. Right on. Oh, damn, I just dropped two of Tom Petty. Crap. Uh, <laughs> I, I just threw you. You have no idea where to go. You're no, lost. I, yeah, no, you totally threw me off. Yeah. Um, well, that was a nice piece of music law news. Um, totally worth the Judge Dredd imaging. Um, I just say, I, I think we should play it again uh, just to be just to close. Just it. to close it. Just to bookend it. Why did you judge me? You killed innocent people. The means to an end. You started a massacre. I caused the revolution. You betrayed the law. Now, who's killing people? That is it. Spotify. I don't know. Anyway. <laughs> We're single-handedly bringing Armand Asante's career back. I, yeah, I mean, I mean, I think he should. We 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 looked them up after yesterday or last week's conversation because everyone knows him from the Odyssey, Odysseus. You yeah. watched him in school, at least we did. I'm not sure what the new generations do if there's still people watching the Odyssey from like the sci-fi series, or whatever it is. <laughs> um, but that and Judge Red, yeah. Anyway, so that was that was a fun bit of news. Yeah, no, it was good. Um, one more piece of music news, and then we'll let Dave be Dave. I, he's already licking his chops at all the non-music no, stuff what? we're gonna do. You like this show too. Don't don't give me that crap. So, I'm not putting a gun to your head or anything. Did, did you like this? You, are, are, you, are you feeling the music stuff so far? This was actually good. It wasn't like last week's eggplant of signatures. Email, Email signatures. signatures. So good. All right. Uh, one more thing that I wanted to talk about. Um, a cool contest that uh, just popped up with CD Baby in partnership with, um, let me see if I get the, uh, We Are The Hits, the Illustrated Sound Network and Illustrated Hits. It's a cover song contest. Yeah. And now, hold on a second, Ryan. CD Baby, that sounds familiar. Where have we heard that name before? Uh, we've had the folks from CD Baby on before. Kevin Bruner, the VP of Marketing, uh, stopped by the podcast eh, about a month ago. Yep. So if you want to listen to that interview again, great interview. Oh, there you go. Nice callback. Yeah. Um, don't worry. They're not paying us to talk about this. I just thought it was cool because um, I know a lot of our artist listeners, Dave, they love to make YouTube cover videos. Yes. And so here's a cool contest that, that, that uh, CD Baby and uh, We Are The Hits are sponsoring in which uh, you can, it's, you know, you create a stripped down cover and there's five songs that they've pre-cleared for this contest and you pick one of them. Oh, interesting. Um, you, huh. It's uh, Can't Feel My Face by The Weeknd, Hello by Adele. I guess that's going to be the most of them, right? Um, Blank Space, Taylor Swift. Thinking Out Loud, Ed Sheeran, and All Right by Kendrick Lamar. So those are the songs they've pre-cleared for this. Uh, you make you you sign up with We Are the Hits, which is a cool platform that I'll talk about in a second. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know the winning. So in addition to all the exposure you get from you know getting this, and you get you can get revenues if people stream your you know, if they if they stream your video, like you'll get revenues through We Are the Hits. But the uh, winner can also get a two hundred fifty dollar prize, second place one fifty, third place one hundred bucks, and it's a ton of exposure. It's a cool contest. Um, aside from that, um, we are the hits is cool for another reason. And, um, I want to talk about this service a bit because it's going to help a lot of artists out. 
YouTube videos, YouTube covers mm-hmm. is one of the most legally screwy things on the internet because many artists have who are very successful today got their start with YouTube cover videos. Uh, someone like Justin Bieber comes to mind. I mean, he'd be nothing without making YouTube videos and maybe... And maybe um, you kind of wish that wasn't the case. But. So if I get what you're saying, we need to destroy YouTube <laughs> to make sure this tragedy never happens again? Well, uh, but... Because, okay, here's... You get both sides of this. You get Justin Bieber and then also Rebecca Black. Oh, yeah, but... Remember that? Or how about or how about somebody like Carmen, like the group Carmen? Um, they, they look them up. They, There's the opera Carmen. They're a famous... There's where in the world is Carmen Sandiego. It's actually spelled K-A-R-M-I-N. But they're a famous artist now, a duo, and they got famous making YouTube covers. Are they sponsored by Garmin Satellite Navigation? No, but it's spelled similarly. So, um, these people made their, you know, made themselves famous off YouTube covers. Here's the problem is mm-hmm. YouTube covers are infringing. You can't just cover another artist's song and play it on YouTube without their permission. That's an unlicensed derivative work. But many artists do it, and it's sort of a scary game to play, and you're kind of playing, you know, Russian roulette a little bit. You don't know if somebody's going to, you know, take down your video or throw a strike on your YouTube account, and it's, and it's crummy. And if, and if I had it my way, if I, could, if I was like the lord and master of the copyright universe, there would be no... Like, this wouldn't be considered copyright infringement because... You know, the artist isn't really being harmed. The original artist isn't being harmed. And in fact, usually these video tributes tend to promote the artist. And that's why many artists don't, you know, don't sue. But there are some who who don't like these YouTube covers. And it's just one of those things where like, hey, you know, let the next generation make some YouTube videos and kind of build themselves up. And, you know, it doesn't really hurt you. And it's not like they're making any a lot of money off it, if any. I mean, most of them don't make any. And so but that's just my view on it. But what We Are The Hits does, mm-hmm. which is pretty cool, you can check these folks out, is they've set up a, a deal, they set up deals with, with major publishing companies where you, you use their website to upload your video, and they have a long, long list of songs they've already pre-cleared with the publishing companies. So you can search and see which songs have been pre-cleared through them, you release the video through We Are The Hits platform, they'll put it on YouTube, and uh, they'll throw a commercial in front of it. And you get some of the advertising proceeds. So if, 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 you, if you get a cover song that's super popular, you'll get some proceeds. And the original songwriter gets some proceeds. So essentially, if I can boil this down to the idea, and I hope I'm not being, you know, um, stultifying with them. Um, it's basically like a karaoke bar. That you come in, you sing the songs they've got preloaded. Except now you're doing a whole bunch of other cool stuff. But then now you can make some money off of it. Right. And, and, and just, I mean, I don't think the money you're going to make off of We Are The Hits is going to, you know, it's not going to pay your rent. I mean, unless you just happen to make a really amazing cover video, but it's not going to pay the rent. But more importantly, what this platform does is it lets you know that if the song you release is not going to be infringing. Right. It's already, you already got the license. It's already pre-cleared. And so you can just have peace of mind. That's and nice. you can and you can feel like you're not you know you know you're not violating the copyright laws you know you're not going to get any strikes on your account and hey maybe you make a couple bucks which is nice but you can you can use that you can use the platform the same way Justin Bieber did and the same way Carmen did and not feel like you're going to be in any kind of danger so that's a cool platform uh, we are the hits and who knows maybe you and I did maybe we should set up an account with them and just release some of our own terrible covers. <laughs> That'd be funny and horrifying. Maybe we should like make the, like have the listeners decide. Like listeners, uh, email us 
a song that you want us to sing. Maybe it can be a song that David sings in that voice that he did at the beginning of the, the show. Way, why is it that, and this is just me, obviously, but I automatically went to you and me in white 80s suits. Okay. With pastel shirts underneath, with the sunglasses, with two keytars. I don't know why, but that's just all of a sudden the vision I had of you and me doing that. So are we like Wham or <laughs> I, or like Miami Vice? Something like that. I don't know why. I Because, I mean, we were born in 85, so it's not like that's our wheelhouse. But for whatever reason, I just feel like us two dorks doing this <laughs> would have keytars. It's going to be pretty incredible. Oh, my God. Awesome. And by the way, man, we're going to be like getting so many ladies. Yeah. Yeah, because of that. Because the keytars. Huh. Oh, super in right now. Bro. Yeah. <laughs> Balding guys playing the guitar. Oh. That's oh oh wait the, the ladies will flock. Um, I see another music story here, and I didn't do any research for this one, so I think this is your story, Dave. Oh okay. Oh yeah. Oh I, all right. We're already on me here. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. So I ran through my stories quick. What do you got? I, I didn't want to put this in a metal minute segment because I wanted to give this the uh, the attention it deserves and the respect because this is something that's very near and dear to my heart. You can probably guess what it is. Um, but anyway, this is from. Um, blabbermouth.net which by the way I think it's like a subsidiary or all these other like rock publications I don't know <laughs> um, anyway in an interview uh, guitarist uh, as, as, you, as Ryan you know Carrie King right Carrie King the, the guitarist for Slayer oh yeah of course uh, we, we play golf every weekend ooh that's, that's metal golf Ryan that's awesome <laughs> the ball's got sliced it oh yeah slice Maybe I should have done that in a minute. Oh, well. It's too late. Too late now, no. <laughs> okay. Well, I already he... replaced the Metal Minute imaging with imaging for other segments we're doing today, so. Okay, well, as long as it's not lost. Oh, no, it's still saved on the computer. Don't that, worry. That better be, that's that's like the Ark of the Covenant. People are going to look for that in a thousand years. All right? <laughs> and then it's going to melt their faces like it did the Nazis? If they're not worthy. Oh, of course. You, if you're worthy, you can. <laughs> How did he know not to look at it? I know everyone always says it, but it's true. How did he know? What possible information could he have gotten that not looking at it is going to spare them? Well, how did he know which cup was the cup of the carpenter in Last Crusade? He's just prescient like that. Well, no, because he the one there was one that was just like totally like bleh. It was which, like a regular cup versus like all the, the jewels and the gold and all that. Which, by the way, is still, I mean, like, okay, now we're going to talk Last Crusade here momentarily. Yeah. Are, are you going to say that the inside of it seemed to be lined with gold? Well, no, I, what, I, what I was going to say is, okay, yeah, that's, you know, this looks like the cup of a carpenter. That's a reasonable hypothesis. But, like, you're really going to roll the dice there? Like, there's a whole bunch of different chalices. Like, okay, maybe that's the cup of the carpenter, but maybe you're wrong, and maybe that's not the cup. But his like, dad was dying. I know, he, had to, he had to make the choice. Like it's, it just seemed really risky. Was you going to let Sean Connery die? Ryan. No. It's like, no, Sean, you've got to get the cup so I can live and <laughs> junior and continue to have sex with this hot Austrian girl. That was weird. Yeah, that they both. Yeah, yeah. They that were, was that that that, uh, that Harrison Ford and Sean Connery were uh, wiener cousins in that movie. Ew! You never heard that term? No, I heard Wait. Eskimo brothers. Oh, not but that's wiener that's cousins. not as funny though. All right. Anyway, it's like fourth grade if you <laughs> wiener cousins. You're right. Eskimo brothers is probably a little more wholesome. Yeah. Where are we? That was a lot of Indiana Jones talk out of nowhere. But you know what? It's good. It Whenever you good. can fit Indiana Jones in. That's right, excluding Shia LaBeouf. I don't count that movie. Yeah, me neither. All right, <laughs> back to the music. Yeah. All right, Carrie King from Slayer gave a uh, interview, and uh, basically uh, talking about how you know they released a new album um, last year called Repentless, um, and uh, he said it's interesting, and this is a, a dilemma that a lot of bands 
that are older bands have been, you know, are starting to face like bands that have come out definitely in the eighties, like Metallica, Slayer, like all these sort of like the, the Bay area thrash scene, these guys now that have been in the business for 30 years. And even some of the guys like in the seventies, mm-hmm. you know, he said, you know, quote, we definitely thought about not releasing new music anymore. Maybe even doing what down did and just release four songs for every tour. But really until the time comes that albums are obsolete, you better believe Slayer is going to be making records. And he, he's touching on an idea that, you know, what what is sometimes the uh, the thing you hear people say about like older bands like oh no new stuff man I want to hear them play the new stuff play right? the hits play the hits right play the stuff from like the first few first number of albums from like the eighties nineties whatever it was it's like that's what you always want to hear right and uh, I, I who is it that, that like has you always hear that about I don't know but you know people usually want to hear the hits of Neil Diamond they want to hit the hear hear the hits of Elton John or you know, Billy Joel, all these guys. No exactly. One, it, it, it's, a, it's a common refrain throughout music. Pl- don't, don't play the new crap. Play the old stuff. Right. Um, but is it now, again, Carrie King seems to be following the Keith Richards model here of uh, taking people out. Um, he said, you know, he, he said that Slayer's trying to push themselves forward, right? And he said, I would say Iron Maiden, Metallica, no offense, are living on past success. Metallica has toured forever on the black record, which a lot of people don't like. Ooh. Fuck you. Ooh. I actually like it. It's heavy as can be. Is it Master of Puppets? Of course not. But it's a great record. Iron Maiden, for me, is living off the first three records. Have they made good songs since then? Yeah, but they've made, they haven't made great records. And I'm kind of like, dude, don't, like, what are you talking about? And this is shit that now... Some rock-on-rock rock crime there. Well, here's the thing. And there's... A, listeners, there's a lot of backstory, especially in, like, in the old... This is the thrashing. Slayer beefed with Megadeth. They beefed with Metallica. Me- Metallica and Megadeth definitely had beef, as we all know. See Dave Mustaine. Sure, sure. Um, it, it was always something, because you've got all these dudes fighting to be at the top of the mountain, and, you know, when heavy metal's involved, it definitely gets, you know, very alpha male and macho and all that. I'm not sure how much it gets with a bunch of, you know, Justin Bieber's trying to fight Selena Gomez. Yeah, we don't, we don't have the same kind of epic feuds in pop music. No, because they're all just weak, weak little... Oh, God, Justin Bieber. <laughs> oh, it's such a douche. Um, but um, for me, as a Metallica fan, is like, you know, oh, living on past success, not moving forward. Dude, Metallica takes risks. And stuff that people don't want them to do a lot of times, and their fans are like, uh, I've never, I've never understood that. The whole thing, if, if you're like a big fan of something, and you're like, oh my god, this sucks, this is terrible, I hate it. It may not be your cup of tea, but I'm like, dude, why is it, why are you treating people's art with contempt? They're artists, right? They're allowed to express themselves, and they're going to express themselves differently than they did 30 years ago. Wait a minute. What? You treat... Pop artists with contempt yeah. all the time. Well, yeah, because it's vapid nonsense. <laughs> Do you not see the hypocrisy in what you're saying? No, but you're hypocr- mad because somebody's hating on your band because you're saying, hey, let people appreciate whatever art they appreciate. You know, it's your own thing, like it's subjective, whatever. And then, you know, you spent, er- you, were, you were bashing Justin Bieber earlier. And I'm not saying I'm a fan of Bieber, but like, I feel like there's some hypocrisy in what you're saying here. Ryan, this is my time to talk. <laughs> and by the way, hypocrisy is a great metal band. Truly. From, uh, I think like Sweden. Anyway. Is that actually the name of a metal band? Yes, hypocrisy. Really good and stuff. they're Swedish? Yes, uh, okay. very good. Fair enough. Anyway, 
Dude, Metallica takes risks, man. They made they made two movies. They put out a documentary back in 2003 showing themselves to the world, some kind of monster. Freaking awesome. Talking about showing people in the middle of therapy and dealing with interpersonal relationships and, and you know depression and substance abuse and everything. My God, I loved it then. Then I loved it when I was going through my own issues a few years ago. Um you know, they came, they did that movie, uh, 2013 through the never, right. The 3d concert film with the mm-hmm. narrative in there. Okay. Not that many people saw it because also I was some idiot in the company was like, Hey, we should put this out on the IMAX screens. When should we put it out? Uh, how about two weeks before gravity? <laughs> Do you think maybe that'll push us out of the theaters? No, won't be that big idiot. Um, <laughs> I saw that movie six times in theaters. That's my record. I haven't even seen. I've seen. I've seen Star Wars only five times. I saw the Metallica movie six times. All right. I even wrote them a letter about it. They published a letter in the fan magazine. Ryan, I'm pretty sure James Hetfield didn't see the Metallica movie six times. Maybe not. Am I the biggest fan in the world? I, I don't know. Probably not. Because I've only seen them five times live, and I got a lot of friends that have seen them like fifty, a hundred, and all this stuff. And it'll travel around the world, which I'm, I'm intending to do. Trust me. But. I don't know. It's just like, I read this, I'm like, dude, that, that's bullshit. That's objective bullshit, Carrie King, what you're saying. But it leads to an interesting idea of those bands and even other, other bands have been around a while. A lot of people, you could make money if you say, listen, you know what? Fine. You don't want us to record? We're going to tour on our first seven albums. We're going to tour on these albums, right? Mm-hmm. And people are going to go. I mean, do you have someone that like that's like that for you or not really? Like artists that just tour on the old stuff? yeah. Well, I mean, I think it's a natural progression for most artists. You know, the the earlier stuff, you know, people tend to fall in love with the first experience a person has with the artist, and then that's the stuff that they want to hear. And part of it is also we tend the the music we tend to like is whatever was big when we were coming of age. We tend to think that's I mean, there have been studies done on that where that's people that people you know, if you grew up if you were you were age like age thirteen to twenty-two in the nineties. You're going to think that the 90s are the best and or they think 90s music is the best and that, you know, oh, nothing is as good as what was in the 90s. You know, it's not the same kind of stuff. And so if Ace of Bass is literally the best thing ever, there are people who if you grew up in that time, you're going to freaking love. I saw the sign. And so that's like so when when sometimes I think when fans say play the hits, play the hits, what they're saying is play the stuff that I liked at that age that I am psychologically geared to think is the best music ever. I guess, yeah. And but, I think that's part of it. Um, one of the things that Carrie King said in the beginning that I thought was interesting, and I think he sort of touched on it when he said, like, just put out four things and don't make a whole album. Mm-hmm. Um, what I think he's sort of implying there is the release strategy that more and more indie artists are uh, talking about, which is, you know, now that you can, now that music distribution is as cheap, is cheaper than ever, you don't have to like pay a lot of money and get a bunch of trucks to put music in stores all the world, you know, all around the world. And right. there's no such thing as supply chains anymore because you can put stuff right on the internet. You don't need to release songs in twelve song albums. You don't need you don't need to release your music in twelve song chunks anymore. You can release like two or three at a time, and you know spread them out over the year so that people never forget that you exist. And he might kind of be hinting at that there. And a lot of indie artists, we know lots of indie artists who don't release full albums anymore. They just do like a couple here and a couple there or, you know, one, uh, one song every month or two, because it makes more sense to release your music that way when distribution is basically costless. I guess. But then the only thing that I think about is like, well, is it an issue? If you're starting up that way, then you're having to, I don't say tour or just promote yourself using only these, a few items. When, I mean, wouldn't you think you want more variety when you're starting out? 
I mean, cause like, you know, if, if like, I know we, we always say like, you know, create, create content, mm-hmm. you know, so that seems to be a little bit at odds. I don't know. Just that's how I hear it. Anyway. Well, to, to some extent, but I think, you know, when you're just trying to talk about, you know, when content is king and when promotion is free and so everybody, it's, you know, you have to find a way to like cut through the noise and, you know, let your voice be heard as much as possible. It might be better for some artists, not, not all artists, but for some artists to just have constant release of songs, one song every month for 12 months, as opposed to one release of 12 songs a year. And then you release that album and then people forget about you for 12 months. I don't know, because I guess, well, you know, it all depends on how you, the listener, listen to an album because everyone's different. Some people will replay the hits over and over again and rewind the cassette to get back to that point on the the track the cassette. yeah i was wondering what you're gonna notice i said that I know. um or you know do people like you know go ahead and listen all through but then you know you've got a chance to actually discover you know songs later on as opposed to hear the same thing over and over again for a month you're gonna get sick of it well i think there are there are a difference between like singles artists and album artists and maybe you're the kind of artist that when you release a bunch of songs together they tend to have a unifying theme mm-hmm. or they tell a story together and you and the work is like one whole work as opposed to 12 separate songs and maybe then the album water model works a little bit better to sort of plug an artist that we've had on this podcast before Mary Amber she has an album that just came out this week and um it's all the songs are about the 90s and about like 90s trends and like 90s things like there's a you know, there's songs about Pokemon in there and there's songs about Tamagotchis and songs oh, about Tamagotchis. Yeah, wow. there's, there, I, I love the Tamagotchi song on that album. But the point is, like those songs have a unifying theme. And so she wants to release them all together. Right. Um, anyway, let's take a quick break and we'll uh, you know because I need some water and we'll get back into some more stories uh, right after. Uh, thanks very much for listening to the Break the Business podcast. That was kind of a icky transition you just did there what i'm just saying that that seems a little odd well how would you do it well let's see all right thanks dave for that amazing story no problem dave i realize i create literally the best stuff on the show that's exactly right so we're gonna have more stuff for you coming up next on the break the business podcast Ryan here from the podcast. Shameless plug time, my new book, Break the Business, Declaring Your Independence and Achieving True Success in the Music Industry, is now available in paperback and an ebook. The book talks about how you can be your own boss in your music career and take control of your content creation, promotion, distribution, and fundraising. Get your copy on Amazon by searching Break the Business. It's a nice read for musicians and the people who love them. That's Break the Business, Declaring Your Independence and Achieving True Success in the Music Industry. Thanks very much for your support. Welcome back to the Break the Business Podcast. So, Dave, I've been getting people, you know, emails and other communications on Twitter where people are asking me kind of uncomfortable personal questions. Why? Do you have something going on? Well, we, we've mentioned on the show before that I'm getting married soon. Oh, and yeah. so people are asking me a lot of questions oh, you know, about the marriage and, you know, can we meet your fiance? And Yeah, I still don't know why you're doing it. Getting married? Yeah. I mean, I already went through that experiment. How'd that go for you? Not, not, no, it didn't work out. Oh, well. So, uh, yeah, I don't know why. Duh. You, look at your friend, Divorce Dave, bro. Divorce Dave. Yeah. That's like the saddest nickname ever. Yeah, it, it, it hurts a lot on the inside. But, you know, hey, man, I'm smiling on the outside, right? <laughs> right, right? I'm smiling on the outside, right? Oh, God, right. <laughs> oh, God. But, the, I mean, it's, it's just weird and like, 
But I figured, you know, we can just talk about this stuff in just a quick segment and yes. then we can get it over with and move on with the show and I'll so playgate the people who have been asking about I, the wedding. I went ahead and created some imaging. I grabbed my uh, violin, viola, <laughs> and cello and just, I went ahead and looped something together. Just, right. just a little thing. All right, all right, all right. So let's do this. Let's do this. Get it over with. Here right. we go. And now it's time for Ryan's wedding update here on the Break the Business Podcast. Ah, love. Um, so you uh, still get married? Yeah. Cool. That was Ryan's wedding update on the Break the Business Podcast. Ah, love. That was good. Yeah. I, I felt like that is going to placate people and they won't ask as many personal questions and yeah. I feel good about that. I think that'll be the end of it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. That's good stuff. Um, let's talk a little bit about movies, my friend. Uh, you are the movie guy. I and, am? Oh, well, you're my movie guy. Really? Yeah. Do people think I like movies? <laughs> Do I put that out there? Do you, I give off that vibe? You admit that vibe, yes. Okay. Um, the internet, Dave, has been going nuts the last 48 hours because the new Ghostbusters trailer is out. The new Kristen Wiig, Melissa McCarthy Ghostbusters. Female Ghostbusters. Female, Lady Ghostbusters. Yeah, Lady Ghostbusters. And... Oh my God, I have never seen, I mean, I guess other than Star Wars, when the Star Wars trailer came out, I've never seen so many people form an opinion of a movie. Like, But at least that was all positive, I think. That was all universally positive. Star Wars? Yeah. Well, not even, I mean, because like, you, you had some of the people, you know, you had that like really gross group of people who were saying things like, ooh, there's a black guy in the trailer, we don't like that. Oh, well, those people are idiots and who gives a shit about them? But, I mean... Anyway. Aren't we... But yes, was, people, wasn't, people the, wasn't been, this Ghostbusters trailer getting like a small element of that? Because I feel like there are people who've already formed their opinion of Ghostbusters and what this movie is going to be solely because it's a lady cast. Right. And it's an interesting trailer. And OK, I'll just put it out there this way. I'm not a fan of remakes in general, especially of classic movies that are great. You know, we just saw that with the failure that was this Point Break remake. Right. Ugh, uh, woof. Patrick Swayze, Keanu Reeves did not need a damned remake. You know, you got Gary Busey in there. You got was it uh, John C. McGinley? Um, I mean, I mean, just like it's like yes, Pappas, you annoy me or whatever. It's like whatever it was. Oh God, that's such a great movie. Yeah. Do you just want to play the movie right now for them, just all the way through? Yeah. No, but what I would like to hear is you to say you saying John C. McGinley's name in that uh, movie. Uh, uh, movie synopsis voice from the previous segment. Just say John C. Just, McGinley? Because I think it's going to be funny. John C. McGinley. Yeah, see, I was right. That's <laughs> good stuff. He was in Platoon. <laughs> he was also in Platoon. It's great. And what else? Is that it for John C. McGinley? I don't know what else he was in. Other Oliver Stone stuff, right? <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Probably JFK. He, yeah, he, he's probably like one of the grassy knoll guys in that, I'm sure. I think everyone was in JFK. That's true. Anyway. Anyway, um, so... So, yeah, remakes in general, I'm like, eh, why? Why, 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 why? It's not necessary. Mm-hmm. I mean, actually, I'm blanking on other remakes right now, which makes my point kind of seem stupid. But <laughs> anyway, because... Okay, so with the new Ghostbusters, I'm thinking, all right, how, are the, is it a reboot and essentially this is Ghostbusters, the first Ghostbusters, where it's creating a world which there is no Ghostbusters? You know, or is it a... Because the original plan of Ghostbusters 
was going to be to create some sequels like franchises. Yeah. Because remember, even Bill Murray in the movie says like the franchising rights alone will make us rich beyond our wildest dreams. Yes. You know, so that was like originally going to maybe be an idea. And the trailer starts off with saying 30 years ago, it's like, what was it like New York? It's like inundated four with ghosts. people, whatever. Four scientists, yeah. four people, you know, like save New York from all these ghosts. And you're like, okay. And they already, they have a picture of like the Ghostbusters, like yeah. insignia. And they even show the old firehouse building. Yeah. And so I'm thinking like, okay, so this is a world where Ghostbusters yeah. exist. It's a continuation of the timeline. Peter Venkman exists in this world. There is Egon, all right? <laughs> Rest in peace forever, man. Um, but then the way the trailer unfolds, I can't tell because it seems it's almost like a one-to-one remake because you have the three, you have Kristen Wiig, Melissa McCarthy, and Kate McKinnon all together already. They know each other. They're scientists, right? Right. And they seem to fulfill the the Bill Murray, Dan Aykroyd, Harold Ramis role. Yeah. And then the first encounter with the ghost, and this is, this is all in the trailer. Yeah. And by the way, if someone says, oh, spoilers for Ghostbusters from, was it 1980-something <laughs> other? Dude. Take a long walk off a short pier. Yeah, there's ghosts and they're busted. Yes, pretty much got the movie. Yes. Um. Oh, but I just realized. I wonder who the Sigourney Weaver character is going to be. It's going to have to be a guy in this one, obviously. I would assume so. Well, no, not obviously. Okay, no, no, David, not obviously. <laughs> you know, that's fair. That's fair. That's be fair. Pro- be progressive. Yeah, that's true. I, I, I am. Um, uh, but the first encounter is at the at the library with the librarian ghost that is all nice and peaceful at first, and then like you know, like ah, yeah. so okay, that's that's the first one already, and then they meet uh, Leslie Jones' character who just also just happens to come on in, kind of like Ernie Hudson's character, right. you know, comes in. Um, so so I'm, I'm just I'm, I'm trying to figure out well what is it? Is it a continuation? Is it like a sequel essentially, or is it? The a retelling of the original story is it like another origin story? I can't I can't figure it out. Yeah, it's it's so it's kind of really ambiguous. But again, as someone who loves Ghostbusters, so th- that's the problem that I have. It's like okay, well now I can't tell, and like you're already you know this is a great property, and it's already funny the way it is. Right. Well, and they probably want to keep it ambiguous because it gets conversation going. But I mean, and maybe I'm alone on this, but. You know, can we please hold off on making judgments about the movie until it comes out? Like, there are people who are already predisposed to hating this. Well, I hope it's good. I, I Obviously, I hope it's good, you know, because that way I think I wanted to open up a portal to remaking other movies with Lady Casts. Three Amigas. <laughs> Saving Private Rihanna. <laughs> Captain Rhonda. <laughs> The first two I was mad on, but Captain Ron does kind of a home run. And, you know, what, I think it'd almost be funny if Kurt Russell still is in it. Like, wow. Just dressed as a woman? silence. Or? No, he can still be his Kurt Russell character. I'd be like, wow, this is happening again. That's weird. Well, like, <laughs> you just blew this segment. You bombed it. What? You, you just killed this. I'm gonna start calling you email signatures. Whenever you bomb a segment, I'm just gonna start making call, or eggplant something. Let, let's move on, shall we? And we'll decide if this gets edited out. <laughs> so, in the spirit of this Ghostbusters trailer, which has created this phenomenon where people are essentially judging movies before they come out, they have they are reviewing movies solely by the trailer and the cast list. It gave you and me an idea for a segment. Uh huh. Um, we want to do something where. Uh, we're going to bring in a prognosticator, a movie critic, 
who gives reviews of movies before they come out. And it's going to be a good way for the listeners to kind of know what movies are coming out. Mm-hmm. But we'll save you the trouble of deciding whether you want to see it or not, because yeah. we're going to give you the movie reviews ahead of time. I, I, before we do that, actually, it, it just occurred to me, is this a recent phenomenon? Or has this always been the case? Like when books were coming out hundreds of years ago, do people also prejudge them? Or is it like, hey, Ryan, I heard Nathaniel Hawthorne's coming out with a book, The Scarlet Letter. <laughs> Talk about an F. <laughs> All right, bro. Hey, man, how's that sickness doing? Are you almost dead yet? The fever's going to take it, right? Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, that's, yeah. that's tough, bro. It's the consumption. It's oh, worst. God damn it, bro. <laughs> if only we could have more bleeding. What? Bloodletting? Yeah. Oh, son of a bitch. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> All right. So uh, we have decided to have our movie reviewer. Um, we call him Nostra Davis. Yes. And Nostra Davis, we're going to bring him in and he's going to review movies before they come out, let you know what movies you want to see ahead of time. And now it's time to enter into a new dimension and look into the future of motion pictures and see where they be garbage or utter crap. And maybe some good ones too. It's time for Nostra Davis. All right. uh, Thank you for joining us, Nostra Davis. Yeah, no problem, man. Wait a minute. W- where did the other guy go? That guy just does the intro. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. The ma- the mystical guy journey to a new whatever. That's not Nostra Davis. Nostra Davis just sounds like you, Dave. Yeah. The- I, I, I don't see. I don't. I don't see what the issue here is. But I, I thought Nostra Davis was going to be a new character, like somebody that you know, because you do all these voices. I assume Nostra Davis was going to be a new voice. Well, that was Chuck over there. Do you want Chuck? No, I want... That'd be Nostradamus, but I'm not sure if you want him. No, I... <laughs> Interesting story, though. He is the cousin of Nostradamus, but I, that's neither here nor there. We don't need him. No, I... <sighs> Wait, did I hear that someone wanted my help? No, Chuck, no, we're done. Wait, no, I, I want Nostradamus to sound like what Nostradamus should sound like. Anyway, movies? <sighs> Fine. All right, here we go. Uh, Nostradamus, you ready to give us some reviews from movies that you already know are going to be good or bad solely just on the title and my mystical powers. And your mystical powers. Yes. You don't sound like a Nostradamus. I mean, that's that's a little bit racist of you, Ryan. You know, we've moved on from our mystical 19th century, you know, ways. But I guess you just want us to be these caricatures. All right. So we're... Fair enough. We're going to do these rapid fire. All right. All so right. Here we go. Uh, coming out March 11th, uh, right around the corner, The Brothers Grimsby... A new assignment forces a top spy team to a top spy to team up with his football hooligan brother, Sasha Barraco and Mark Strong, Isla Fisher, Penelope Cruz. Yeah, this it looks like it's going to be bad. I mean, I love Sasha Baron Cohen and everything, but now it's just a straight character. You know, he's not doing his normal like stuff or whatever. It 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 doesn't look that good. I I don't think it's going to be good. Uh, March 25th, Batman versus Superman, Dawn of Justice. Uh, fearing the actions of Superman are left unchecked, Batman takes on Superman while the world wrestles with what kind of hero it really needs. Ben Affleck, Henry Cavill, Amy Adams, Jesse Eisenberg. Well, the, the hero that this city needs, Ryan, is Christian Bale. <laughs> um, actually, it needs Kevin Conroy, to be perfectly honest. Um, that's Batman from the animated series. Oh, wow. Okay. That's my Batman. Kevin Conroy. All right. Anyway... Uh, no, Kevin I, Conroy isn't even Kevin Conroy's Batman. Yes, he is. Don't you don't you dare, Batman. Kevin Conroy and Mark Hamill is the Joker. That all right? That's it. Um, I, I, this has polarized a lot of people since day one, since Ben Affleck was announced 
as Batman, you know, Batfleck and everything. Yeah. I, I, Speaking I think, of movies where people form their opinions like well beforehand. Oh, this one is like. Oh my God. Like the moment Ben Affleck was announced as Batman. Oh, it's going to be terrible. Do you think like the PR guys at Warner Brothers? Is it Warner Brothers? Uh, yes. I think maybe? so, right? Do you think the PR guys were kind of like, all right, John, um, you're going to send out the uh, the press release on Ben Affleck, right? It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, 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 no worry, Gary. Hey, man, do you think it's going to be okay? Well, why wouldn't it, man? Well, I don't know. I'm just about to hit send, and I'm getting this really weird feeling, man. I don't know. Like, like I'm starting to feel cold, and like all the joy is being sucked out of the universe. I'm sure it's fine. Just hit send. What's the worst that could happen? Yeah, yeah. Anyway, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to this. I'm going to see it, and it seems very interesting. I, I do like the, I, I do like the storyline, the Batman versus Superman storyline. We're finally going to get it. You know, I know some people are thinking like. Wait, okay, Wonder Woman. It's 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 a Justice League setup because Wonder Woman's in it. Sure, that's in the trailer. It's not a spoiler, <laughs> douche. I'm already hearing the emails getting typed. Yeah. Um, April, no, no. Oh, sorry. Oh, that's right. It should be fast, shouldn't it? Yeah. We're, you're, you're, Damn it, because okay, it's going to be good. I I am going to say it's going to be good. Man of Steel was kind of like eh because Kevin Costner is like, I'm your father, Superman. Don't save anybody. You be an omnipotent <laughs> alien that's the power of, like, that could do anything in the world. But if you save even as much as a cat, I'm going to punch you in the face from the afterlife, you asshole. I'm not even going to die to make sure you don't save anybody. What is that? What is that? That makes no sense. April 8th, The Boss. A titan of industry is sent to prison after she is caught for insider training. Melissa McCarthy, Kristen Bell, Peter Dinklage, Kristen Shaw. Have you seen the trailer for oh, this? Oh, yes, yes. But first, I, I completely forgot. Then, then I realized, okay, I saw the trailer. Um... Uh, it looks like it's going to be a medium. Like it's probably just going to be like people are going to see it, but you know, uh, let's say it makes sixty million dollars, sort of thing. It's just it's 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 like a C plus. It looks I mean, like Melissa McCarthy has shown herself to be bankable. You know, you put her in a movie, it it does well, even if the movie's not that good. Well, all of them, like even like Tammy or um, didn't Tammy do okay? I, I don't know. I didn't, I didn't see it. I mean, uh, I, I'm not. You know this this movie didn't really. Like this pre this trailer didn't really do it for me. She's great. Like when she's on SNL, she's really great. But I'm starting. It's it's one of those things where you start to see their tricks. Yeah. And when that happens, it's kind of like mm, you don't want it to be every single thing that they do. True enough. April fifteenth, the Jungle Book. An orphan boy is raised in the jungle with the help of a pack of wolves, <sighs> a bear, and a black panther. Scarlett Johansson, Idris Elba, Bill Murray, Ralph Innocent. Is also Christopher Walken in there? Uh, could be. I believe so. Yes. Yeah. Mowgli, what are you doing? <laughs> Listen, I got this book for you. It's got the Jungle Book. Wow. I'm in it. <laughs> We're really breaking the fourth wall, Mowgli. A little bit. Yeah. Ruby Mowgli. Doo, I want to be like you. Yes. Ooh, yes. Uh, <laughs> that's what friends are for, Mowgli. <laughs> I'm sure I can. I'm a tiger, and I'm going to eat you, Mowgli. Or oh, I'm blue. Oh, look, a prickly pear. <laughs> <laughs> Look for the bad necessities. All right, what do you got for this? This looks like an unholy pile of garbage. Really? Well, yeah, because the, really? first, the first trailer I ever saw for it, they just showed like the images, right? And there was no talking, and that's 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 the thing I think they always try to like screw you on. They realize we can't have people talking or the animals talking just right away. We have to give them the illusion that maybe it's not going to be that sort of piece of crap. But no, the animals are talking. <laughs> and but yet they're like they're CG like real animals, so you're gonna have it's not a cartoon, so you're gonna have Ka the snake. It looks very life of pie-ish. Yeah, but I mean that one at least. Oh, God. But no, and again, wait, why remake this? 
Just show the kids the original damn Jungle Book. I mean, are you going to remake Aladdin? Because you can't these days. Oh, God, no. Could you imagine that? Oh, yeah, I'm sure everyone's going to love them going to the mystical land of Agrabah. Wonder what that sounds like, <laughs> you know, to, to go to the Sultan with a whitewashed uh, Aladdin. And <laughs> yeah, that would, that by the would way, have some trouble coming out today. By the way, just a little tidbit about me. Jasmine was my favorite princess. May 6th, Captain America Civil War political interference in the Avengers activities causes a rift between former allies, Captain America and Iron Man, Elizabeth Olsen, Scarlett Johansson, Chris Evans, Robert Downey Jr. Wait, really? Political Tensions or political? Y- yes, the whole movie is about Senate filibusters. <laughs> Parliamentary um, procedure. It, it, you didn't know that. You know, it, it looks good. You know, obviously, it's a continuation of the Marvel universe. Um, I mean, it, it it looks like it is what it's going to be. If you've seen the recent Phase Two movies and everything, it I, it seems like predictable. It's going to be a good popcorn movie. Um, I don't. Avengers Two: Age of Ultron. I didn't really like. I, I I could take it or leave. Really? It. Yeah. I was really? Just, yeah. I it just it was just. See, yeah. I had my finger on the button, ready to move to the next one, but you didn't like Age of Ultron? Not really. It just James it was, Spader. Uh, yeah. I mean, it was just. Eh? Yeah, I don't know. It was just. Uh, Dude lifted a country off the ground. Spoiler. Yeah. yeah I, oh God. Spoilers. <laughs> anyway, no, no, no. I don't. I'm just. Um, eh. I don't know. Also, because it's getting to the point like, all right, the world knows about the Avengers and they're, they're, they're always mentioned all the other movies. And now it's starting to get to the point where I'm like, all right, why? When is someone going to mention Wolverine? Damn it. Because I'm not sure. The, the, only, the only thing stronger than Hulk are America's intellectual property laws. I guess but that's starting to piss <laughs> me off because now you're getting to the point where you have, oh, my God, we hate the mutants. Aren't the mutants the worst? But, dude, isn't Thor like amazing? <laughs> right and captain america i mean these guys are all am- oh frick the, the stupid mutants oh they're less than they're subhuman non-citizens oh oh dude man the aliens back yes high five <laughs> that's a fair point yeah. and what I, I mean what kind of annoys me about the avenger like a lot of the avengers movies is that like when they when they break off into their own separate movies like they will they will face inevitably be facing a problem an enemy that clearly could benefit from having the whole avengers there and they just, you know, like... Well, in, there's, in always Thor, one, there's always one throwaway line. Yeah. It's like, boy, wouldn't it be great to have Thor here? Oh, he's off um, filing, you know, his taxes. Yeah. But oh, like, well, I guess it's just us. Like, Thor 2, The Dark World. Like, the world was about to end, and nobody wanted to get Iron Man on the phone. Like, no, no, Thor's got this. Yeah, that's right. No, no one came for anything. It was just kind of like, eh, whatever. And the same thing with Captain America Winter Soldier. It's like, hey, guys... There are literally aircraft carriers that are going to kill millions of people and have all of you on a target list. Could someone fly over and maybe, like, knock one of these damn things out of the sky? Yeah, no, 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 don't worry. We got a Captain America's buddy with no superpowers, and he's going to strap some wing to his back. It's exactly the same. Yeah, I mean, like, does anyone want to help on take Robert Redford? It's like, no. It's like, it's like <laughs> screw you, guy. Robert Redford's awesome. I want him to win. He's pretty awesome. Oh, he's awesome. Who didn't love the natural? Did I have, have I seen the natural from beginning to end? Really? I think so, yeah. You, you, should, you should see The Natural. It's kind of awesome. Moving on! Uh, May 20th, the Angry Birds movie. Find out why the birds are so angry when an island populated by happy flightless birds is visited by a mysterious green piggy. Oh, I hate this shit. Jason Sudeikis, Peter Dinklage, Josh Gad, Kate, Kate McKinnon. Sad birds. <laughs> 
May 27th, X-Men. See, I kind of like that where you just like all the reviews are like three words or less. May 27th, X-Men Apocalypse, when the emergence of the world's first mutant apocalypse, uh, with the emergence of the world's first mutant apocalypse, the X-Men must unite to defeat his extinction level plan. Olivia Munn, Jennifer Lawrence, Michael Fassbender, Oscar Isaac. Did you say James McAvoy? I did not. He might be in, he's not in the top four here. James McAvoy is not in the top four? It's just the list I found, man. Wait, where's the list from? Uh, I have to find it later. Wait. You're looking at it. But I, 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 I put it on another page so it was easier for me to see. Oh, okay. Anyway, um, I'm getting, it's funny, Deadpool even said, that, I'm with Deadpool here. McAvoy or Stewart, the timelines are getting very confusing. Agreed. It, I guess it, technically, the way that first, no, not first class, Days of Future Past ended, technically, X-Men 1, 2, and 3 never happened. That's right. So, I guess this is the world now. But also, why is Jennifer Lawrence Jennifer Lawrence and not Mystique in the in the trailers and the posters? The whole sh- thing is saying mutant and proud, and I'm I'm a mutant and all that. But then in, in in the in the promotion, she's Jennifer Lawrence because like, oh guys, we got to sell her, right? Well, I know like, she's the gorgeous Jennifer Lawrence. Like, what you want to put her in makeup and put her on the damn posters? Screw you, Jerry. You're fired. Oh, I didn't really give it. Oh, did you have more? Sorry. Go ahead. I thought I mean, that was a good punctuation. I think, again, uh, again, it's like because it's another one, like this, this has come out, I'm start, it's starting to get a little tiresome. I think it'll be interesting, but, you know, I'm, I'm kind of not, uh, I'm looking forward to it, but I don't know. I feel like, you know what, maybe it's my, I don't know, maybe it's a function of age. I'm not like, oh my God, it's like when you're in high school and you're a teenager. I don't know. I think it'll be fine. June 17th, Finding Dory. The friendly but forgetful blue tang fish reunites with her loved ones and everyone learns a few things about the real meaning of family along the way. Uh, and, you know, all the people that are in that. Didn't that we already one. learn about the meaning of family from Finding Nemo? Are you going to hate on Finding Dory? You're going to be alone here, Nostra well, Davis. Well, hold on a second. And yes, thank you for using my name. Um, no, but that was the whole point of the Finding Nemo. Well, I think she's finding her own family this time. What that makes no sense. Then why? I mean, maybe if she goes off, maybe if it's an eat, pray, love movie with her, then that's finding Dory because Dory needs to find herself. She's gonna go to Albert Brooks. Like, I just need to find Dory. All right, uh, Albert Brooks fish. Yeah. What's his name yeah. in there? Uh, Mar- not Marlin. Uh, 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 is it Marlin? Milton. Mer- Mil- oh, crap. It's Albert Brooks fish. Albert Brooks fish. So she's gonna say to him, like, look, I've been to Forty Two Wallaby Way. But I've never been to me. Exactly. I I guarantee you that's a scene in the movie. <laughs> I guarantee you. I'm I, just saying if you're gonna hate on Finding Dory, you're gonna be alone, man. Like, of course people are excited for Finding Dory. But wait, but she, it's her, Pixar. Her thing was being absent-minded and getting lost. Okay. Or I think they're gonna find her. I think like she's gonna get lost and they're gonna look for her. Would be my guess. But it's like okay, that's obvious. What's the conflict? Oh, there's Dory always getting lost. She's lost again. Well, she always seems to turn up. Okay. Dude, don't you want to give Pixar the benefit of the doubt? Like I, I do, but you're asking my thing. You know what? Make Wally 2, but with no Ooh. friggin' humans. Man, you always get on this. Like that you, movie could have been the perfect movie. It was a great movie. And if it wasn't for having to sell toys to friggin' little kids with their non-advanced movie tastes and their inabilities to have subtext because of their stupid little uh, not non-formed brains yet, because ooh, I'm four. Do you want to like explain this a little bit? Because I think your rage has cost you some clarity. 
if I remember what you've told me before, you don't like the fact that like the first you love the first half of Wally. First half of Wally is amazing. I just love the fact that it's Wally at first of all, just by himself, then with the little cockroach and he's, you know, living in his world and everything. Then you add Eva and all that. And then, OK, that's great. Then you go off to the ship and you're thinking like, oh, maybe they're all dead because this is just humanity has has killed itself by first, you know, destroying the planet and then having the hubris to think that we can last 500 years in a friggin' ship. And, you know, you don't, it's, it's just going to be like all the robots and this is just the world. Right. Right. And which is, which admittedly is a kind of a bleak story. If you figure it out, <laughs> yeah, it just screams Disney. <laughs> right. <laughs> you can, it's going to be a great ride. It's like, <laughs> it, you just, you just go through, like you're on like the little moving sidewalk and it's just pitch black. Like, what the hell was that? Your future. <laughs> um, no, and then when the people show up, it's just like, oh, damn it. Jeff Garland's the captain. Damn it. He is the captain. Yeah. So, like, you just wanted that, like, kind of minimalist, no talking, silent movie thing. But, you know, the simple story of the robot, yes. the other robot, and the cockroach. And you're saying once all the humans got involved and there was talking, it, 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 it fell off the rails for you. That, that's when it was just like, it went from, it could have been, like, one of the most amazing experiences ever to um a great movie but it it could have taken a hell of a risk and i would have loved it man i mean it's, it's still a masterpiece no it is but i'm saying if i should almost learn how to use um was it final cut or final edit or whatever and put together my own little uh maybe like 70 minute movie there you go june 24th independence day resurgence uh, two, days, uh, two decades after the first Independence Day invasion, Earth is faced with a new extrasolar threat. But will mankind's new space defenses be enough? Uh, Joey King, Leah Hensworth, uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, Jeff Goldblum, all those people. Jeff Goldblum's not first? It's it's however it is here, man. No, of course not, because they want to get like the kids and the young ones. So, right. so Liam Hemsworth is going to be the hero. Screw Liam Hemsworth. People want Goldblum. Yeah, Everyone need- knows Goldblum carries a movie. Goldblum. Daniels. Is Will Smith in it? No. But we got another black guy. Who's the who's the other? I don't even know who he is. Man, once once I found out like Will Smith was not in it, not interested. It could be a Scientology thing. Who knows? Because after he converted, they're like, listen, Will, we loved your previous work, but listen, um, making uh, villains of uh, the alien overlords is not what we stand for here, the Church of Scientology. <laughs> oh, God. Um, so we're going to need you to not go ahead and do that. Yeah, thank you. I mean, because um, without, without Will Smith, I'm not fully, con- I'm not convinced that this isn't just going to be another like space alien flick. You think like, that's what it's going to be? Like, it, it, it smells Tell the like- truth! Tell the truth. <laughs> no, that's I'm, I'm getting that vibe from it. That like b- basically this is just an aliens attack movie, and they slap the Independence Day name on it, and all the things that you that we appreciate about Independence Day are going to be nowhere to be found in this movie. Have you seen Independence Day recently? Um, it's been on lately. I was watching it. Yeah, I gotta say, some of the effects don't hold up. Well, I mean, it was 20 years ago. But hold on a second, because Jurassic Park holds up, and that's, like, amazing. Jurassic Park looks better than Jurassic World. Those The dinosaurs in Jurassic Park are real dinosaurs. The dinosaurs in Jurassic World are not, okay? Steven Spielberg got real dinosaurs, just like Apollo 13 was shot in space. <laughs> Independence Day, it kind of looks, it makes you think you're watching a sci-fi movie. I'll have to watch it again. It looks like you're watching a sci-fi original movie in some points. Really? That's what some of the effects are, and I'm like... Oh, I didn't count on that. 
We just got distracted There's by a motorcycle. Loud... I wonder if that's picking up on the mics. Anyway. Yeah. July 22nd, Star Trek Beyond. Um, you know, Star Trek Beyond. Oh, oh, that's right. Fast and Furious Trek. Yes, Fast and Furious Trek. Fast and Fury Trek. Fast. What, what else can we do? Trekkie and Furious? I don't know. Um, this looks disappointing. It looks like the Prime Directive is nowhere to be found. Oh. And if I know <laughs> movie-going audiences, they want the Prime Directive. Okay, we need long, thought-out conversations about the ethical implications of screwing up with indigenous people's life. Because, Ryan, that goes against the Prime Directive. Yeah. I can't even... I, I've seen the trailer, but I can't almost remember what's in it besides fire. <laughs> well, it's, it's a lot of, like, you know, action, flying around. Like, they're probably not even on the ship for, like, more than a minute. Oh, but I'm, now I'm honestly trying to rec- remember what the hell was it about? Like it Into was, Darkness was 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 essentially Wrath of Khan prequel. Right. No, it was Wrath of Khan. Right. Star Trek Into Darkness was Wrath of Khan. The first one was just you know whatever, creating its new universe, but it still had at least Leonard Nimoy rest in peace. What the heck is this one? I think it's, it's just like an original it, story. It, or it, it, who who the hell cares? I man? can't even tell if it, if it ties into a an original series it's, episode. It's gonna have like nothing to do with Star Trek. And like I I feel like in the green room before you have to go out and shoot for each day, like all the actors are required to urinate on a cardboard cutout of Gene Roddenberry before oh. you get out there. I'm sorry, no, th- th- that's the protocol. That's what it is. You have to like the cutouts there and it's, you know, it's soaked in urine from all the other actors who've had to urinate on him throughout the day and that's what you have to do before you go out and shoot. And I get it. I'm alone in this because, you know, I want the boring ethical discussions of the prime directed. That's why I like Star Trek and I get that I'm alone because everybody just wants the space action and whatever and I'm just so it, it, it looks bad. Do you think that J.J. Abrams ever mixed up what movies he was doing and started talking about Star Wars and Star Trek and vice versa? I, I, I do. I, I, he has to. He had to have at least once. Do you think the cast ever came across each other at craft services? Now, granted, I know one's Disney, one's not, but maybe it's some sort of shared loot shooting location. You think they shot at the same time? <laughs> do you think some sort of West Side Story-esque rumble broke out between the two properties? Who do you think would win? All of a sudden, uh, like Harrison Ford goes, hey, Quinto, (laughs) nice ears there, idiot. Be like, oh, yeah, old man, you want to go? It's like, I got my big guy over here, right, Chewie? He goes, well, actually, you know, Harrison, you know, (laughs) I am old. I, you know, me, Peter Peter Mayhew, I'm actually a pretty old actor. It's like, shut up, damn it, you're Chewie. The uh, plane crash scrambled my brains. Oh, I don't know. Damn. Anyway, uh, Star Trek. It, 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 I don't know. This is okay, man. I'm, it seems like it's just gonna be like okay stuff. Yeah. Independence Day, X Men, um, with the uh, Star Trek. Why well, I already forgot. Yeah. Um, ugh. are movies like are movies passing us by? I mean, no. are we are we not the audience anymore? And that's why we're just not loving these movies well, as much. It, that's interesting. Maybe because I can take you back to a time. When in high school, so 2000 to 2004, mm-hmm. where I would get excited for whatever it was, like the big popcorn movie, you know, and going with uh, my best friend Alex Carrion over to the movies at Sunset Place and seeing whatever the hell it was. I can't even remember. I can't even like picture, maybe like Daredevil, <laughs> right? That movie, or just seeing like whatever would come out because it's like, yeah, you know, hey, it's geared towards us and it's, you know, 
but there's a few that always break through. Remember, Collateral was one of those. That was a good movie. That was a good movie. All right, um, I- I'm I'm gonna turn it around for you. We're gonna end on a strong note. Okay. August fifth, Suicide Squad. A secret government agency recruits imprisoned supervillains to execute dangerous black ops missions. Ben Affleck, Margot Robbie, Will Smith. Ben Affleck. Yeah, I think that's not right. Whoever wrote this is not right. I don't think he's in, or maybe he is. Maybe he's a small small role. I don't know. But he gets top Billy. I don't, man. This, you know. Well, this is Suicide a DC, Squad. It is the DC universe. It could be. So Batman would make an appearance, and obviously, if we're keeping Ben Affleck, then it makes sense. So okay, it's possible. Um, it looks interesting. Obviously, it's the most original story coming out. Well, okay, not original because obviously it's based on a comic sure, series. But in you. terms of not making forty thousand other sequels, right? I'm thinking. It may, I'm not. I'm not sure. I'm. I'm starting to get. A, I'm starting to worry for Jada Pinkett Smith. I'm starting to wonder if she's going to be Aniston here. Um, because it seems like Will Smith and Margot Robbie are working together a lot. Yeah. And Margot Robbie is a very attractive young lady. Oh, I see where you're going. With yeah. This. Brad Pitt, Angelina Jolie, Mr. And Mrs. Smith. And that's the thing. I, I like that movie, but then whenever I see it now, I can't help but think like, uh, Jennifer Aniston. Oh, it's like it, it, the making of this movie destroyed that relationship. You really think that there could be something there? I mean, I mean, not that this matters, especially in Hollywood, but she's considerably younger than Will Smith. Well, but... There's got to be like a 20-year gap, if not more. But Okay, but here's the thing. Do middle-aged men go for women maybe like half their age? Is that a thing? I don't know. (laughs) Especially like in Hollywood. Does that happen? I, I mean, no, right? That's fair. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah, no, but it, it looks interesting. It looks like it'll be good. Um, I don't know, man. You know what? I just want, I want George Miller to make movies. I want Alejandro Inurito. I'm sorry, Alejandro G. Inurito. Is it Inurito? Inurito? Oh, that's right. What did I say? Inurito? Yeah. Inurito. Yeah, Alejandro G. Because there's another Alejandro Inurito in the guild, apparently, <laughs> in the director's guild. That's a good point. Yeah, there's two of them. <laughs> yeah. We got, we got to really make sure. One makes the Revenant and Birdman. The other is just doing Campbell's soup commercials. <laughs> Although if Alejandro D- G. Inurito did Campbell's soup commercials, those would be great. Oh, they'd be so... Oh, and the cinematography. Oh, my God. Talk about... I mean, yeah. Reimagining soup, unlike Andy Warhol. Thank you all very much for listening. We'll see you next week on the Break the Business Podcast. Mm-hmm.